You're listening to the audio version of the Courtauld Digital Media blog. My name is Jill Stoker and I'm a digitization volunteer. Thank you for listening. I hope you enjoy this post. On visiting the Tate Archives, written by Lorraine Stoker, posted on the 21st of June 2017. I've been volunteering at the Courtauld Institute since March 2017. Throughout my 38 years of teaching art, design and art history in inner London schools, I've visited the Courtauld Gallery many times and have also taken part in the Institute's more recent schools outreach and participation activities. But what attracted my attention was the Courtauld Connects digitization project involving the creation of an online archive of 1.1 million images from its own image collection, including the 20th century housing projects and the Anthony Kirsting Middle Eastern Photographic Collection. As Sir Nicholas Sorota commented, the project is an exciting contemporary expression of Samuel Courtauld's belief that art is for the people, and I was eager to play a small part in the transformation of the Courtauld archives into a national and international public resource. As a volunteer, I have access to the Courtauld, its community, exhibitions, events and collections. I can even view and sit in awe of the Gogans every day. In addition, working as part of a great team, the practical training and experience in cataloguing, handling, transcribing and digitizing historical material and in creating a digital archive has certainly been educational and highly rewarding. Visiting the Tate archives as part of our training and development was a fantastic experience. After walking through the bowels of the art gallery building with its air conditioning and heating ducts, past the spectacular spiral staircase inspired by the original floor tiles, we entered the site timeline, a drum-shaped room at the heart of the building. This room, a small part of the highly successful £45 million revamp, is dedicated to the history of the site and is set within the foundations of the oldest part of the building, Millbank Prison. I was aware of the history of the Tate as a prison, but it was quite remarkable to hear that in the 1960s there was a serious proposal to add a brutalist, modern extension to the building. I took a photo of the new Tate Britain staircase, looking up from the lower floor to the domed roof. The smooth scallop shapes of the new balustrade echo the arches which lead off to different wings of the building. One interesting part of the renovation I've since identified is that when designing the rotunda mirrored bar in the members' room, the architects, Caruso St. John, were inspired by the Courtauld's own bar at the Folie Bergère in the painting by Manet. Though a regular visitor, I'd never got further than the Janogli Café, 
so the digital archive corridor, with its gallery of touch screens, surprised and impressed me. You can look up a work of art in the Tate collection, access an image of the painting or sculpture, and compare it to the digitised image of the archival item. It was amazing to digitally turn the pages of a Donald Rodney sketchbook, and I've just discovered I can do this on my laptop. The Hyman-Kreitman reading rooms were next. There we heard about the 1928 flood and the new flood doors, which are, of course, still untested. At the start of the digitisation of its collection, the Tate gave out a mission statement. Quote, to fulfil our responsibility to promote public enjoyment, knowledge and understanding of British and international art, we decided that our selection of archive material should follow these principles and reflect that this collection belonged to the nation. Unquote. The sheer scale of the Tate's archive digitization is overwhelming, with over 52,000 pieces captured, all of which are available to view on the website. This is in addition to the 65,000 paintings, sculptures and works on paper. The aim is to take the largest archive of British art in the world and make it accessible to national and international online audiences. And with new collections coming in each year, this is an ongoing task. The Courtauld's Photographic Library Digitization Project is in its first six-month developmental phase, and this Tate Britain visit certainly put into context the great possibilities for an innovative programme with public online interaction, such as crowdsourcing, transcription algorithms, and the development of new routes into the collection, as well as the more traditional methods of retrieval. Without doubt, this insight into the successful digitization project at the Tate Britain has galvanized the Courtauld Connects volunteers as we look forward to completing the developmental phase and the exciting possibilities over the next four years. The Tate Britain itself features in many photos held in the Conway Library collection. In 1964, Anthony Kirsting captured the neoclassical Tate in the foreground, set against the newly built glass and steel Vickers Tower, now known as Millbank Tower, looming behind. In his photo, Kirsting has aligned the buildings so that one seems to be an extension of the other. The photograph is catalogued as KER Neg G4137. Kirsting also captured views inside Tate Britain in 1958. His photos KER Neg W1000 and W0999 show architectural details such as the huge rounded columns and vaulted ceilings. Unusually for Kirsting, 
the photos are at slightly asymmetrical angles, taken from an off-center location rather than his usual head-on approach, probably with the aim of capturing several architectural features in one photo. The photographs give a real sense of scale, with the enormous skylights above and massive smooth paving slabs stretching out below. Sculptures dotted around the space interrupt the regularity of the building's design. In W0999, Auguste Rodin's 1878 sculpture, St John the Baptist preaching, seems to stride across the frame. His back aligns perfectly with a column in the background, while his beckoning right hand aligns with another column.